Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. We got a great episode today. We're doing something a little bit different. Uh, we have Adrian King from Adrian Has Issues podcast and Jason Madden from the Bus Stop podcast. Uh, Jason's also a stand-up comedian. If you're in the Vancouver area, make sure you go see him perform. Very funny guy. Um, so both Jason, Adrian, and I have just been talking sporadically online for a long time about how we all just love Blink-182. Blink-182 is a band that by no means is my favorite band. It's definitely a band I love. I found Dude Ranch at a certain point in my life where it just, you know, there's that thing like when you find uh, part of the reason you have a favorite album is just because of the age you found it. Dude Ranch is my go-to album. I mean, I love Venom of the State. I like their later stuff. I loved Buddha. I love Flyswatter. Dude Ranch is one of my all-time favorite records. I have so many memories from high school. My good, my cousin Nick and I would just fucking geek out over this record. Uh, so for the intro music, you're gonna hear Apple Shampoo intro. If anything, I hope this episode of us just geeking out about I love a Blink One Eight Two just makes you go listen to Blink One Eight Two or your favorite record from high school or whatever important years of your life. Uh, this was fun. I've I I want to do more episodes that are kind of geared towards a the theme. Um, I've had this idea of starting a separate podcast called Your Favorite Record, where I have people on and we just talk about their favorite album. I don't know if I'm ever going to do that, but at the very least, I'll have these random episodes where we get to have people come on and we talk about music. So if you don't like Blink-182, this episode's probably not for you. I mean, if you hate them, you can still listen, but if you don't know who they are, you might want to go check out Adrian Has Issues, or check out Adrian King when he's been on this show twice. He's been three times, twice as a guest, once as a guest host with Marisha Schwartz. And you can hear Jason Madden on the Bus Stop podcast, or you can hear him on here twice as well. Uh, he's been a guest two times. I, I like both of these guys a lot. Uh, I wish we lived closer to each other. I feel like we'd all hang out. Um, it was just tons of fun. Uh, we talk about our least favorite, our favorite albums, just music from that world. Also, Adrian has a blog called Hobsnobbery. Make sure you go check out Adrian's website, adrianhasitjuice.com, and check out Jason's website, busstoppodcast.com. Check out their podcast, follow them on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Good dudes deserve uh, good deserve it. Uh, anyway, quick plug for the show. I will be a guest. Uh, yeah, I will be a guest on the RP Grinders podcast and the Broken Brain podcast, both releasing the same day. So go back and check out those podcasts. Thanks to everyone for having me. That was tons of fun. Uh, Dwight has been on this show before from Broken Brain. Frank has been on from RPG Grinders. As always, we are on the Misfits Podcast Network, uh, and the song you will be hearing is Apple Shampoo. If you're like me and you love Dude Ranch, you're going to hear that song, and you're going to turn off this episode, and you're going to go listen to Dude Ranch. Uh, I really just encourage you, just go back, find one of your old records that you just love, and just listen to it. It just it gives you a happiness that you can't express, and now I get to meet these two guys through podcasting and find out we all have these different but similar experiences with music. I love it. Jason, Adrian, big thanks for coming on again. I uh, look forward and uh, we'll be back next week. Didn't mean to deceive you, believe me, but sometimes the hardest part is conceiving. The good intentions that you had now only came to this, although she saw the mark. The aerosmith, it is an exciting reciting the stories of kind words turn routine gets boring both getting tired of punk rock clubs and both playing in punk rock bands start was something good but some good things must end so the reason we all got together today is because we all talk online and we're all at one point in our life we're obsessed with blink 182 are you guys all still into blink no it's more like a, it's more like a you know, just the fe- the feeling every once in a while, you know, you pop in an old CD and just kind of jam to it. But uh, I don't actively follow the band or anything. Oh, thank God. I was afraid I'd be the only one who's not really into them anymore. No, I still am. But the thing is, I'm less into Blink-182 as a band as I am the constant. You know, it's weird listening to Blink-182 now and following the stories. It's almost kind of like keeping track of like that couple you knew that were like high school sweethearts or got for, or in the worst extent like divorced parents absolutely <laughs> yes all right yeah because like i mean 
I was so today I was trying to get prepared, so I was listening to the albums I never really got into, the later ones that were good, but like Neighbors and you know the the when they got back together after the Travis has played accident. Wow, wow, you're right, exactly. We're talking about like Kardashians right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, um, there was so so much drama between um Mark and, uh, and Tom. Tom. Like it went back and forth, and of course Tom kind of lost his mind a little bit and it's funny like ever since like in the state you know with songs like aliens exist you can see like the start of it there where in the middle of this album that was about like you know relationship problems and like trying to grow up and you know girl issues there's this one song about how tom's weirded out about the fact that like alien conspiracies are a real thing and i'm like this is a weird fucking track yes. to put in the middle of the of the state <laughs> So You're right. He did, you know, Angels and Airwaves, and it seems like with each release of his solo stuff, he gets weirder and weirder. And it's like, at this point, Mark's like, look, I just want to jam out and rock out. I don't care that you're. <laughs> you think that, like, you know, the government's, you know, covering up things. Like, <laughs> I think I'm more of a Mark Hoppus fan than I am as an overall Blink fan, but, like, Cheshire Cat to Enema of the State, I'm a fucking hardcore fan. See, it's really depressing for me because I was like, I was a, I was a Tom DeLonge wannabe, you know. And then when he just went off his rocker, I just, it, it was, I couldn't do it, you know. Like with the way he pranced around on stage with Angels and Airwaves, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I he love did, like that. his thirty seconds to Mars, kind of Jared Leto freak out. Yes, <laughs> like I was the, I was the sideways baseball cap, lip ring. Uh, Hurley T-shirt guy, you know, and then oh, and then I, I I couldn't get it. I can't get into the to the shaggy hair, pleather pants, dancing around on stage, you know. My physique would not allow uh, Tom DeLong wannabe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did it for a while. Um, it's funny because like out here there's a store, Foreman Mills, which is kind of like a step above a thrift store, and I found like this yellow Blink One Eighty Two shirt in like 2001. I used to wear that, of course, with like the uh, the cargo shorts and the the skater shoes. And I I'm not gonna lie, I think I went through a brief skater phase because of Blink One Eighty Two, and that's so sad to say now, but <laughs> that's no, I... that's what it was. It is what it is. They made it fashionable, that's for sure. But we can all agree that Dude Ranch is a perfect piece of art, correct? It, I, we disagree on this, I think. Ooh, maybe wait, it's not good, disagreement. Hold on. I'm going to completely take myself out of its equation. There looks like there's a little bit of a challenge here, so please, I want to hear this. I think Dude Ranch... I mean, I, 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 all right, obviously, it's going to be filled with uh, nostalgia, because it's when I found it at that point in my life, because that's so much of what things in your life are, but... I, in terms of listenability, for me, that album is, like, perfect fucking... Actually, I gotta take this all back, because I was just listening to it recently, and I was like, wow, these drums just sound like uh, someone's sitting in a bunch of trash cans. Well, that... Exactly. So you said it for me. And I didn't notice it until recently, but I don't I don't play music, I don't write music, I'm a fan of music, but, like, I don't have the ear to critique, because I'm just... I don't have that knowledge. But I was, like, yeah. just listening to this weird echo, I was like, wow, Scott's a really bad drummer. Scott was not a great drummer, and matter of fact, wasn't like a lot of songs on Dude Ranch about him, or was that Anima? Because I know it was not an amicable split. I think he was fired, right? Yeah, for drinking, supposedly. Oh, so he's like the Dave Mustaine of uh, of Link Two, where like Dave yeah. Mustaine got kicked out of Metallica for right. of drinking. And yeah. yeah, how did he get kicked out of Metallica that, for drinking? Remember that song they released with the live album Man Overboard? That yeah. was him, right? That was about Scott? Yeah, I, I always assumed that that was about him. I mean, I think that's directly about him. Which but is like, I really love, I love Treasure Cat, but I still do love Dude Ranch. Like, in the summertime, I put on that album at least five times a summer. Dude Ranch is like, it's nostalgia for sure. But, I mean, going back, if you actually if you actually look at the albums and, and put them in, it's, I find Dude Ranch, I'm skipping a lot of tracks. I feel like half of the album I really can get into, and the other half I'm just skipping through. Whereas Enema of the State, you just put it on and let it go. Can I share an embarrassing story about my youth? Absolutely. This, this is, is your Blink show, related. so please. So where I, where I grew up, for whatever reason, we had uh, this. It was called Burger King Castle, and uh, it had an arcade attached to it. We were one of four in the country, and it never took off. It was supposed to be like this big Burger King thing. So when I was a kid, it was like the coolest place in the world. But by the time I was in high school, it was like literally on The Simpsons when they would have those like beat up 
uh, animatronic monkeys things. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what the Simpsons are ripping off. And this place is a joke, which I'm getting way too, too much detail. Well, anyway, they had Burger King Castle hats that, and I think I went on like a date that, this is like high school, like junior high school with a, a young lady, and we just bonded over our love of Blink 182 and like a dude ranch specifically. And I forgot what song it is. You know that song? It's like, when you're feeling scared, remember the times we shared. You know they meant everything to me. And it's like, I know that everything. Oh, that. I remember like. Oh, or is that Josie? Is it? Because I think you might well, be molding two well, songs. Josie is the one where uh, Tom is screaming in it. I know yeah, that Apple everything. Apple Shampoo was definitely a mark. Yeah, I think you're both right. <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, but um, I remember taking like the hat from that and like writing out the lyrics to the Josie or one of the songs and like changing them to be about like the wannabe relationship that I never got into with this young lady. <laughs> yeah, See, I don't know why I said that story. a lot. That's not an embarrassing story. That's a sweet story. Yeah, but I but I always remember that line like that song will always hit me. It's like and when you're feeling scared. Oh, well, that's the thing. The, the album has some gems on it for sure. But Princess Leia is pretty good. Yeah. Okay, that's so let's Lemons. So let's, so let's throw this out there then. So let's go around the table here. And, uh, I mean, it sounds like I know what your answer is, but what's everyone's best album then? Oh, you guys aren't going to like this at all. Okay. I'm going to say, and again, I'm saying this on the podcast, so this is kind of spoken out into the world. But And it's hard to say because I'm just going to flat out preface this um, by saying that it depended on what I was going through at the time. So for each release, that album became my favorite at one point. But looking back, I could say that my favorite Blink-22 album may be the self-titled. Okay. Well, my favorite is Dude Ranch, but I think the self-title was their best work. Yeah, that that was going to be my comment. So, I, Well, not, not about Dude Ranch, but I think if I'm looking at best album just musically and the quality of the songs... You oh, this is a really good song. You got to give it to the self-titled. I mean, that that's their best album. Um, me personally, my favorite would have to probably be Enema of the State. Uh, yeah, that... like I felt I was that guy who, of course, when Dude Ranch came out, like that was my album. And it's funny that um, you guys mentioned the fact that it doesn't hold up as much now. But the second half of that album, I would say after. Um, what the heck is the name of the one song? Not Waggy. It was after that. Whatever the song is, after Enthused. Um, like basically the second half of Dude Ranch is a much stronger album. Like you notice, it's like okay, other than a couple of those first kind of singles, like they kind of get some depth to them. But you're right, the self-titled. It was just this perfect blend of, hey, this is a band that's growing up and it's like they haven't completely lost their punk roots, but yet the songs meant more than let's say some of the more throwaway tracks of like their earlier career. Absolutely. Well, I mean, always is a perfect song uh, in terms of pop punk. I mean, then you get songs like Stockholm Syndrome, which is was a really heavy song for Blink-182, and it's funny. I, I think a lot of people at the time didn't understand that. Like, these weren't the dudes who were, like, getting drunk and, like, you know, making jokes about bestiality anymore. I'm sorry, Interspecies Erotica. <laughs> <laughs> for you Clark's fans out Clark's there. Clark's to um, reference. Got it. <laughs> but Kelly's like, guy's name, too. <laughs> Kiki Kelly. It was just so weird. Burn it for 50 like... bucks, you could fuck Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I just took my album. But just... God, the subtitle was so many, uh, full of so many great songs. And uh, it still well, had the fun and energy, right? Like, it starts off with feeling this. And, I mean, that's just like a... It's a good song. That's just a slap-you-in-the-face feel-good song. And then, as yeah, as the album progresses, I mean, it gets dark. It gets poppy. It gets... It's just everything. Full disclosure, uh, Clerks 2 might be my favorite movie ever made in the history of film. I almost, I would agree to that. Um, I, I don't call myself a film buff, but, like, for me, film is about rewatchability. So there's movies I love that are beautiful pieces of art. Like, Requiem for Dreams is a great movie. Never going to watch it again for the rest of my life. Clerks 2, I've watched at least 25 times. <laughs> so Clerks 2 is like the self-titled Blank-22 album. No, it's the, the Dude Ranch, universe. but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I still think Dude Ranch is really good. I mean, I even love Cheshire Cat. And, like, my cousin Nick and I, like, we found the... I was in a CD club. Did you guys remember those? 
Yep. Yep. I was. I. Oh, we scammed. Colum- oh, oh shit. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but we scammed the hell out of. Columbia I don't think Columbia House. houses exist. So I think you're free. <laughs> Oof. But I remember I had Dude Ranch when Dookie came out, or around this time frame, around the time frame where uh, my middle school was obsessed with Green Day. I still loved hip hop, and I had Dude Ranch by accident, and somehow, and then I found Adam of the State and went back. So wait, is that your first Blink Ready Two song ever then? My first album was Dude Ranch that I heard, and I did. So that is a question. So what is everybody's first? Mine was Dude Ranch. Song or album? Either, I guess. I mean, for me, for me, it was. I was. I remember very clearly. I was in. Uh, I was in high school, and we actually in our high school had a guitar class, and uh, I signed up for guitar class. Never played guitar before, and I just remember the first day sitting there, and the guy sitting in front of me uh, with an acoustic guitar just started playing the Damn It. Riff. Yeah, I mean that song is and, and I'd never actually heard the song before and I just heard him playing this riff and I just asked him what that was and then he turned me on the Dude Ranch and I learned Damn It that week and that was like that was what hooked me was Damn It for sure. That was like the only song I could play in guitar and that's where I learned yeah. about palm muting. Yeah, exactly. I mean Damn It is fucking fun. Like it's a fun fucking song. Like there's no question about that that riff, the Dan, every, like you put that on for anyone in their late twenties, early thirties, we're all gonna go like, we're all about it. Absolutely, and the video that was is, great. Everything about it was great. Yeah, that's a great song because I think in a way, after all these years, it still encapsulates everything that Blink's about. Whereas, okay, it's got your pop punk riffs, but at the same time, it's like subject matter. It's a song that, as a teenager, you listen to and you feel like you get. But yet, it, that's a song that really doesn't hit until you get older. And that's yep. kind of always been Blink's thing. Like, And I hate to make this um, comparison, but to me, Blink, to me, reminds me a lot like, let's say, like, I don't know, like a Seth Rogen movie, like a Judd Apatow, where yeah. it's kind of like that whole thing of, you know, these guys who are basically, you know, growing up and, you know, get, being stupid and then basically being forced to have to grow up in some capacity. And that in a way, that's always kind of been the underlying theme of a lot of Blink albums, which is why... Even now, like, I think they make more sense to me, like, in my early 30s than they did when I was in high school. Oh, for sure. Well, at least they weren't, like, good Charlotte and singing about high school when they were in their 30s and 40s. Well, that was kind of disturbing. Well, granted, wasn't them, like, one of them dating, like, Hilary Duff or some Disney Channel chick at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good Charlotte was, yeah. Oh, don't get me started on good Charlotte. That's a two-hour rant right there. That's oh, a God. bad band. You know, speaking, of, speaking of Blink albums, do you know what surprised me going back in preparation for this? I was listening to like some tracks from different albums, and I used to think like, – in the moment, I didn't like Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, but going back to it, there's actually some really good songs on that album. Can you – like what? Because I remember hating that album. Reckless Abandon, what, yes. Anthem, Anthem Part 2. Like that mm. – Anthem Part 2 was just kind of like a big song at the time. Like in terms of like it, – it, it, I don't know. It just – the way it opens up and everything is just kind of it's just a big song and then my personal favorite story of a lonely guy you know oh my god that's dude i would high five you if you're in a room and i know that's lame but that's probably one of my favorite blink 182 songs exactly so as i started going through it i'm like you know what that was actually a pretty fucking good album like i always just kind of write it off as like ah that's not a very good album but when you go back to it it's like nah that was a solid album prior to the self-title that was my favorite okay really yeah. Interesting. So here's another question for you guys then. Do I mean I I guess the answer is yes to some people, but like the Blake 182 did exist in that time of music where before the industry changed like forever. Like so do albums matter anymore? Like if Dude Ranch came out today and you only heard four songs that you love, it'd be awesome, but like do you think like I don't know my question. Yeah, do albums matter as much as they used to? I, I don't know about you guys. I don't personally sit around and listen to full albums ever. I think they can. I just think that I, I think it's twofold. I think I think um, where we are as music buyers dictates that it's it's a single you know it's singles only kind of thing. Um, but then because of that, you have artists focusing on the singles. But I would say that for me personally, if someone put out a, a solid album from beginning to end that had a theme or a story or whatever, um, I'd be super into that. But I don't think artists are going to invest in doing that anymore because the because it's a single driven industry, right? So it, it kind of it's like a vicious circle. 
Well, I would well, agree and disagree. Um, because you're right, there definitely is an emphasis on singles, but I'm one of those people, and I know Chris. I think we may have talked about this a few times, or you maybe heard me rant on Twitter because I do that a lot. I love it. The, but at the idea of like, with, let's say with TV shows, not to get too far off topic, but like, I'm a firm believer that like, let's say a TV show season should only exist as long as the story allows. Mm-hmm. That's why I kind of like, let's say HBO shows or BBC series where the season's only like, let's say six episodes or that. So that way you get like a really good tight selection of shows as opposed to it just strictly being 20 plus episodes. Just that's because that's the standard. Yeah. Right. And I feel like that's the way with music where now a lot of bands, and especially when it comes to punk, because they're all about this, you're seeing a lot more, like I said, a lot more singles, a lot of EPs and a lot of like, let's say seven inch releases where, okay, maybe it's not like your standard 15 tracks of like, you know, two and a half minute punk blast, but it allows you to get a tighter feel, like a, a, a I guess more concise recording. And I'm perfectly okay with that. That's fair. Well, like, Last Jaw just put out a new single, like, you know? In the old day, it'd be like, you hear a single, and then the album comes out. But, like, I don't know if Last Jaw is going to put out a full album. I think they are, actually, but, like... Yeah, their last two releases were EPs, and, again, that's perfectly fine, because I'll take six really good songs over 12 subpar songs. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's a a valid point. That's a valid point. And going back to the Dude Ranch thing, I mean... Yeah, I mean, if I had the option back then to buy half an album, I probably would have. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why I thought that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. It, it, I mean, but I mean, Blink is such a. I mean, the reason I even listen to podcast. Well, maybe not the, the the first podcast. One of the first podcast. One of the two. One of the two first podcasts I ever listened to was. Uh, doesn't exist anymore. It's called Hi, My Name is Mark, because Mark Hoppus had a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he did it very shortly, and then he got his show on Fuse. He, I think, has positioned himself as a better businessman that he gives people people give him credit for, because he turned into host, producer, he sang a lot of tracks. He's always had a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on. Yeah, and he produced what was um, still one of my favorite albums of all time, which is uh, Commit This to Memory by uh, Motion City Sound. You're right. I was he just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Dude, we're like right here. We're just like total Vulcan mind meld going on tonight. <laughs> it's what podcast does. Um, I forgot he proposed uh, he did Commit This to Memory. That's a... Yeah, that's a really that's good That's a album. monster of an album. And that's funny because I think in a way that's Mark all over where, okay, you have a band like, let's say, Motion City, who's about, you know, they're fun, they're sort of poppy, but still sort of punky. But yet that album is kind of what I think Mark's songs were a lot about, where it's about what happens when that party stops. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, always been a joke element with Blink-182 and Motion City, like, but they take it very seriously. But there's, you know, they're very funny. Like the videos for "Damn It" were funny. The all the all the small things was hilarious at the time, but now like you're like, what are they referencing? I don't get it. Yeah, you know what? Speaking of business, though, and uh, and, and and circling back to that self-titled album and where the music industry is, I don't know if you guys remember. Maybe it was just me because I was like nerdy at the time. But when they were recording that album, they were kind of ahead of their time because they would do like webcam stuff on their website where like it was like a 24 hour camera and you could see what was going on in the studio. Really? Yeah. And I would come home from like university classes and I would just stare at the computer hoping that like Mark and Tom would come into the screen and start like jamming out. Right. And then they would post like little videos daily of like clips of like, here's a new riff that they're working on or whatever. And it was like little teasers leading up to the album and that was kind of ahead of their time because i mean that was like the early 2000s right so yeah you know like now you kind of expect that type of access to artists but at the time that was just kind of like whoa i get to actually see a band like do stuff in the studio and let's not forget they're all in american they're in the first american pie movie yeah so scott rayner scott rayner he's also in that too because it's like mark tom and travis they're all in one room but um, during, of course, the infamous um, scene with Shannon Elizabeth in the bedroom, he's the one dorky kid that's at the computer by himself. Who's Scott Rayner? Oh, I'm sorry. Great. Scott Rayner is the uh, the former drummer of Blink before Travis. He's oh, I wonder if they made up for that scene. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Damn. And like, I mean, and they have a really fascinating career because like, 
um, they took pop punk. Actually, if anyone listens, well, I hate because I do a backlog. So the episode that went up today, and this is like December 14th, I think. So this would be like next year, obviously. Um, um, Mike Pace, when I were talking and he was talking about how he thought like Blink-182 took pop punk to its like logical conclusion of as far as it could go. I was like, that's a. That's a good way to look at it. I mean, I love pop punk. I listen to it all the fucking time. I, I don't stop. But Blink Blink One Eight Two is never my favorite pop punk band. But they they the thing I loved about Blink is even though when they they were doing these arena tours, they were bringing out like Motion City, New Found Glory, like they were taking really smaller bands and really giving them an opportunity to shine. Remember when they had Bad Religion open for them? That was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. It, it's that cool though. Kind of weird, just in terms of like, it just showed you like, yeah, where pop punk went and where punk went in general. That like, here's Blink One Eighty Two like selling out stadiums and they're bringing Bad Religion as the opening act and like most kids probably don't even didn't even know who that's, Bad Religion that's was. That's a really brave move because like that's kind of being like, all right, we got your ear now, learn your roots. Exactly. That is a great move, absolutely. But it's funny that you say that Blink One Eighty Two took pop punk as far as it can go. Maybe commercially, but again, it's. I feel like, in a way, Newfound Glory managed to surpass them in a way, if that kind of makes any sense. And it's funny because maybe for the fact that they're still releasing albums consistently, but yet they kind of kind of stuck with it in a way that I think maybe Blink didn't. Whereas, because I know when Enema of the State came out, because I was one of those kids who, I'm not going to lie, I hated that album when it first came out because I'm like... Look at them. They're on MTV now. They're on TRL. And, yeah, you know, Carson Daly. Yeah, they're on, like, you know, they're they're on this show. And I almost threw out the CD, but I just left it. It was like, I threw it to my sister. I was like, here, you can listen to this if you want. And she would blast it, like, every day. Like, she loved the end of the state as well as everybody else. And It's a very it, good album. But I did not, that did not dawn on me until almost, like, nearly two years after that album came out. I mean, how many times have we not all just sat down and listened to Adam's song being like, why am I feeling things? Oh, see, I was the stay together for the kids guy. I was yeah. just going to say, take, it, yeah, take, your pants, take, take off your pants and jacket. It was a solid album, man. I listened to it this weekend. I, well, I remember hating the live album. Well, they're, they're not a good live band. I'm just going to come out and say I it. never saw them live, believe it or not. No? I, I tried to a couple times, and for whatever reason, this didn't happen. I saw them twice. I saw them. Uh, I saw them on the the tour that they did with Green Day, um, and I saw them. There was like a festival in like a small town up here in Canada, and it's like a summer festival, and it was like some forty one and like Canadian bands. And at the last minute, um, they announced kind of like the day of that like Blink was gonna do a set, and so they moved some forty one from the headliner down a peg. And, oh wow! And, as 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 a Canadian, I feel like that's kind of a slap in the face. Yeah, and uh, and then Blink flew from wherever in California all the way out to this small town. They were in the studio doing the self titled album, and I don't know how much money the promoter threw at them, but they they came just to do this one show, and then they played two new tracks off the album that no one had heard before, and uh, that was that was a pretty awesome show. That's pretty incredible. That's yeah. dope. So, Jason, are you an Alkaline Trio fan? Uh, I can't say that I'm a fan. I mean, I'm aware of their music, and I know, I know enough, but I would be lying if I said I was a fan. I'm a Johnny-come-lately, but I'm obsessive. I fucking love AK3, and I want to see them play with Matt Skibba, because I think he'll do better than Tom DeLonge. That's an interesting thing, because, I mean, I'm not necessarily somebody who started from the beginning, I think whenever what year did From Here to Infirmary come out? That was what two thousand one, I think. I don't know. I think it was early. I think it was at least two thousand. Yeah, that's right. Because um, after that was Good Morning, which is two thousand three. So it was two thousand one. So roughly around then is when I first started listening to them. And even then, I realized that Alkaline Trio, obviously, while well, they started out very much being like a punk band, definitely grew into like this entirely different beast, which still had like punk roots but yet they were always they always kind of carried themselves a little bit differently so when Matt Skiba said he was playing with uh, Blink on one end I'm like oh my god this is like 
if I was still in high school, I would be jumping up and down, like, breaking my neck to get those recordings. But yet, Matt's on almost a completely different level than Blink is. I know. I think, I think he, he and might... Mark could really bounce off of each other, though. I hope he brings Blink steps up their game. Like, Travis never made sense to me in that band. I mean, I know he was in the Aquabats. But, like... Sense in terms of what? Because he took them up a, he took them up a level. Yeah, he's too good of a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> so, in other words, he's not, like, a good fit because he's bad. It's just that he's much better he's than... He's a much better musician than Tom or Mark. Well, that's why I think I do agree as far as Enema of the State being a really good album. Because his drumming... Granted, he did, you know, proceed... Um, I'm sorry, he did follow Scott Rayner. So, of course, anybody sounds like... You know Neil Peart compared to him, but yeah, and I don't drum, so I don't. I'm not insulting Scott, and I'll, you know it's the it's the engineer, it's the producer, blah blah blah. They were just kids, and they made that album. Yeah, but see, Travis is different. Travis, like Travis, like to your point, like on Enema State, like he made some of those songs. He's a fucking amazing like just drummer. The, the drum intro or just the different you know interludes. It was all made by the drums, whereas. Yeah, yeah, right. Prior to Travis, the drums were an afterthought. The drums were just there to keep the beat going, right? They were just like, trash cans. Yeah. There's that one song that starts with the drums that, uh, his boss is shady and something. Oh, that's uh, Mutt. Yeah. Like, Mutt starts with his drums and that bass line. Like, oh, I don't so- think I realize how much of Travis makes Blink. But you ever see those videos on YouTube where Travis takes, like, a hip hop song and plays drums over it? Oh, that's what I love the most about him. Oh, I mean, God, he's so good. What he can, like, he's performed, sometimes you'll see him too, like, you'll watch, like, Jimmy Kimmel or something, and there'll be some, like, hip-hop artist that is performing, and Travis will be on drums. Like, he just hooks up with all these hip-hop guys, and it's crazy because, yeah, a lot of guys are using, uh, you know, like, 808s and different drum beats and stuff, and then Travis gets in the studio with some of these hip-hop artists, and what he can do is just nuts. He can drum yes. so fast it sounds slow. I don't know if that makes sense, but he can make it sound like a drum machine because he's so fucking fast sometimes. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. I, I don't he definitely know. elevated them in a way. And uh, it's funny you should mention hip-hop because I still feel that there's no greater sound in the history of the world better than any guitar solo, but there's nothing better than hip-hop being played with a live band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know he, you're right, he did like a couple of performances like with hip hop artists just doing a drumming and he's magnificent. And in a way, I feel like he's more better suited there than he was with like, let's say, pop punk. I mean, the difference is he played faster, but what was the one song on a subtitle? Was that the Broken Interlude? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, to me, that for a while, that was my favorite song, I think, in Blink history because it's like, this is what I love. It's just bands that are jamming. Because. Yeah. Everybody just sounded so much better as a result of him being there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he was okay, a ska way. band, of all things. <laughs> yeah, Aquabats Uncle, Uncle are great, though. And so now they, they do, um, that's that kid show they do, uh, oh, God. What's the kid show the Aquabats guy does? No idea. Aquabats I don't know. There's Super a, Show? What's that? Was it Aquabats Super Show? No, God, I don't know why I'm blanking, but it's like a really weird name, but like a lot of kids love it. Um, it'll come to me later. I'm sorry. I got okay, so since we're talking about Travis and doing hip hop and stuff like that, so I got a question for you guys. So, yeah. you know, kind of uh, along the lines of Blink 182, what's, uh, what's the best side project that's come out of Blink 182? Oh, that's a damn good question. You bastard. <laughs> so we got Plus 44, we got Boxcar Racer, we got Angels and Airwaves. And then we can't forget about transplants. Well, I mean, it's obviously the transplants. I mean, let's get real. <laughs> well, come on, man. Tim Armstrong's the dude, though. But I hated Skinhead Rob. He he's ruined what would have been an amazing marriage between Tim Armstrong and Travis. But that's that's another rant. I'm sorry. No, Ooh, I... that's a tough question. That's really tough. I really liked Boxcar Racer because I felt like that was Yo Gabba probably... Gabba. That's what I'm thinking of. Sorry. Oh, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ruin your thought? <laughs> no, a little bit, but that's okay. I'm a little um, inebriated, but that's well, perfectly all right. Well, as um, it should be. Um, I mean, transplants obviously is the best. Oh, wait, you said that unironically. Terrible. No, I love. Wait, screw you, man. I love you, but fuck you. Boxcar <laughs> Racer was kind of great. I gotta go. Boxcar. Wait, is Boxcar's Tom's band? Yeah, oh, it was Tom so and Travis. Bad. I feel so angry. 
Yeah, I don't like Boxcar Angels. I like one song a ton, but that's about it. The Adventure, um, right? But I just never... You know what it is? I didn't give any of them a lot of chance. Plus 44 was like, okay. <laughs> they all sounded like Blink to me, and not that that's bad. It just wasn't my thing. Well, that's why I said they're the parents. came out at the right time, though, because I think at that time, I was gravitating towards the the probably the Blink songs that were about like breakups and stuff, and then Boxcar was like that... It was still pop punk, but like a little bit darker. And I think that was just the place I was in where it was like, this is a, I want this album. Yeah, that was junior year of high school. I really liked that a lot. However, Plus 44 was not great, but it no. was kind of fun only because I, I feel, I love how this is becoming more of like this I like We Love Travis show because poor Travis really was like that kid, like the, the, the kid in like a divorced household who had like really weird visitation rights. Yeah. Like, okay, okay, this weekend you're gonna be in Angels um you're gonna be in boxcar racer and then like you know, every other weekend you'll be in plus forty four. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, you're right, and as as much as I would love to say I liked plus forty four because it took the best parts of Blink, Boxcar Racer was the better band. Yeah. For every reason that um Jay just mentioned, because damn you you put a hit the nail on the head there. Is Alkaline Trio now considered a side project? Because that would be my vote. No, I'm sorry, I can't. As the hipster purist of the the trio here, I can't allow that. I'm sorry. As you shouldn't, because AK3 was way beforehand. But going back to the going back to the relationship breakup, it's funny because within about a month period or a couple months period, so Angels and Air, so Blink went down, then Angels came out, and then Plus 44 came out. And I saw both those bands in the same venue with about three weeks apart of each other. And it was kind of, it was kind of weird. Yeah. Seeing Angels and Tom doing his thing and then seeing Plus 44. And, and you did, you felt like a child from a broken home. Like, I just want, <laughs> I just, I just want them to be together. Right. And I, I hated Angels and Airwaves, not even just for Tom, but the fact that he had such great musicians with him. I mean, Adam Willard from Rocket from the Crypt is one of my favorite drummers in punk. He is fantastic. Definitely like really understated in terms of his talent. But the fact that Tom, the aliens exist along, managed to get him to drum for him for a while. Like I, I, it, it burned me. In a really bad way for a long time about that. Wasn't someone from Madball and Angels of Airwaves? That I couldn't tell you. Oh, shoot. Who wasn't? It was someone from Madball slash Hazen Street, Hazen Street played in Angels of Airwaves. Yes, you're right. I remember Hazen Street because um, they did not become a thing. They tried no. to push them for a while, but... You want to know something crazy? When I was younger, the first time I heard Madball, I thought it was hip-hop. <laughs> I never heard hardcore, and I really just thought I was like, "Oh, this is like hip hop, right?" And I got remember getting laughed at. I'm like, "The guy's rapping." But I've got to give it up though for um, transplants, because with the exception of that idiot um, skinhead Rob. Wait, why is his would... name Skinhead Rob? Is he a Nazi? I don't... He wasn't a Nazi, but he just had a shaved head. And that's what they called him. He that's was a probably bad the name. worst part. Of... It's a terrible name. Yeah, you can only get away with that if you're like a cancer survivor or a Nazi. So I'm watching The Man in the High Castle, so I'm kind of Nazi thinking a lot recently. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's watched that on Amazon. It's very good. Really depressing. <laughs> I think we broke Adrian. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> I'm sorry, because I'm laughing. The fact that you practically just said you've been thinking a lot about Nazis, and I'm like, you know, if I didn't know you any better, this would probably not be a really good look. No. No, I don't, well, I'm anti that. Well, I'm watching it with my wife, and she's like, one of the the main characters. Uh, well, let me say the show is about. Um, it's based off a book, but it's about if Amer- America loses World War II, it takes place twenty years after. So the U.S. is turned into uh, occupied by the Nazis, and then the West Coast is Japan. And um, so we're watching one of the Nazi characters, and Victoria, my wife, is like, "He's a really bad guy." It's like Victoria, he's a fucking Nazi. Of course, he's a bad guy. <laughs> So it's like and that that's... Wilco song, Impossible Germany, Unlikely Japan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's great. That's a little inside, but continue. I'm sorry. Oh, God, Do not let a... me derail your show because I am a horrible human being. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not keeping this train on the track. <laughs> you know what's funny? Like, you know that, like, separation of six people kind of thing? That's six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Yeah. I definitely know enough people now from doing the show that definitely know Mark Hoppus on like a or like friends of Mark Hoppus. Like there's two people I can three people I know I've 
two I know uh, like a little bit who like I I go on Facebook and it's like uh, like lurk them and it's like mutual friends Mark Hoppus I'm like oh god that's Mark Hoppus's personal page <laughs> I should write to him <laughs> I'm not. That's well, right, though, but Mark Hoppus, you know what, I would chill, like, if Mark Hoppus would be the guy, like, I'd sit down with and just talk music, like, there's a few people, and I think, in a way, Blink never really gets their due because of the fact is they, you know, were very single-heavy, and they were known for being kind of like the, uh, the adolescence, pardon the reference, of, like, the punk scene, like, they never felt like they really grew up, but yet, yeah. they really were a lot more in-depth than people gave them for, but I would chill with Mark Hoppus because I feel like his knowledge of music probably trumps, like, mine, maybe even yours. Yeah, he comes off, like, I feel like we would be friends. He just doesn't know it yet. Go for I, th- it. I think we announced that we all have a man crush on Mark Hoppus. A little bit. His songs are always my favorite, but at the same time, and as weird as it sounds... I wouldn't so much hang out with Travis. I'd probably smoke with Travis, but then after I was done, go back and hang out with Mark again. Yeah, Tom, Tom, I would probably I avoid. Say, I was gonna say Travis. I feel like would be. I, I would. I would really vibe with him. I think he'd beat me up. <laughs> He's like, you look like one of the Aquabats, and he'd punch you in the face. Yeah, like Scott's dead, man. I'm like, no, it's not Travis. As he's like hitting you with a blunt instrument, <laughs> to to like the same percussion beats of transplant songs. Oh, I mean, a beating by Travis Parker would be great though because it'd be, it'd be on point. Like, oh my god, you'd be you'd be thrilled to get savagely beaten by Travis. <laughs> he is beating me on a one eighth rhythm. How is he doing that? This punch is seamless. It's like kick. Damn it, Travis! You See, Tom, I feel like he'd be like the evil twin of Carl Sagan, where he's explaining the universe in a way that makes you kind of want to kill yourself. Like borderline creationist. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't mind creationist, but Tom's on some other shit. I'm sorry. Well, I think we all mind creationist. Let's get real. I don't know. I grew yeah, up if, it was, if it was ten years ago, fifteen years ago, I mean, Tom, I would have hands down been the guy I'd want to chill with. But yeah, but now he's like he's just he's just off his rocker now. So I work for like a behavioral health company and like I actually like when I hear Tom talk, I'm like, nah man, you're like you're like sick. This isn't even funny anymore. Like you you're this isn't cool. Like you should really get some help. You should come to my agency, we can help you. <laughs> I'll be your guy and we can hang. Learn more than three chords. <laughs> and that's the thing though, because I, I feel like we're coming to this consensus. Did Tom ruin Blink one eighty two? It would seem that way because, I mean, if you look at the self-titled album, what we all agreed is their best album. And that right? was mostly Tom. And and then that's when the breakup happened, right, is after that album. Yeah. And they never, and they never really kind of got back on the same train. So I feel like where would the band go if that breakup didn't happen, right? And they get yeah. back together because of Travis's plane accident. Yeah, right. but it sounds like from all the drama that's going on now that Tom was only in it kind of half-heartedly anyway, right? So, well, someone's got a shame poop. <laughs> because Neighborhoods would have been a great album, but it's like it's way too much Tom. Right. Well, I mean, However, if Tom wasn't trying to be a cryptozoologist and put more time into music, we wouldn't have this problem. However, did you guys uh, – I'm sure you had, though, but have you listened to the Dogs Eating Dogs EP? No. That shit is amazing. That's what, what is it? Blink, Blink should sound like. It's Blink-182's EP that came out, I want to say, a year or two after Neighborhoods. And it it was released, but there was very little press about it. Yeah. It kind of just was very under the radar. Like, if you were a diehard fan, you'd know about it. But they released that with almost little to no press. But yet, it took the good parts of Neighborhoods and condensed them. Like, this is what they should sound like if they continue forward. Right. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Sorry, I was just looking at the time. Um, what? Do you, so, do you guys still follow like current music? Don't get me started on this. Talk to Jay because I will have you here for another hour. Oh yeah. get, no, I'm I'm trying to get back more into like music. Um, I guess my that's problem is I live in the past. Yeah, I I've been listening to more new bands and stuff, and then um, I've been getting really into like the emo revival stuff. It's been really fun. Um, I mean, now it's like a lot of I listen to some a lot of music podcasts, and then like if I hear bands on there, I'll follow them. And that's been really fun. Everybody should be listening to a Wilhelm scream and Iron Sheik. Um, you, oh, you, um, Ad- oh boy, you you hate when I do this to Adrian to you. 
I oh, can tell you what I'm listening to. This is one of those stories that makes us weirdly twins. Um, when I in like 2002, 2003, um, I booked a show with this guy Mark, who now runs Manic Productions in Connecticut, and the band, one of my favorite bands at the time, was called Smack and Isaiah. Like obsessed with this band Smack and Isaiah, and we booked their last tour. And they changed their name after our show was the last show of their tour, and the next, and then they changed their name to Wilhelm Scream. Let's see, Sprainerd's really good. They're a really good pop punk band. And the thing is, the genre is very much alive and well. But I think, in a way, it went back to where I think it should be. Not that it needs to be underground, but in a way, you're right. Because um, Jay, you mentioned before that like that was kind of like. Um, where Blink-182 kind of took it as far as it could go. Yeah. But in a way, I wonder, and looking back, as much as I love them, I wonder if they took, kind of took it too far. Like, maybe it was sort of like, you know, flying too close to the sun on the wings of wax kind of thing. <laughs> you know, just very Icarus about it. I don't, know if I, it's, I don't know if it's so much that they took it so far as just the commercial success led to so many copycat type bands that diluted it all well isn't that's like kind of the industry like whenever one band makes it then 30 artists get shoved on your throat that's all oh, i kind agree of similar. i agree but i mean it, i don't feel like i don't feel like blink exhausted the genre or blink yeah i got tired of what they were doing but what i got tired of was the uh, simple plans and the yep. good charlottes and yep. the and the stuff that came, and then that made it the whole thing just seem kind of unattractive. The Avril Lavines, yeah, which is uh, funny because didn't Mark Hoppus produce Simple Plan or I know he popped. He up on sang one of on songs. a track. Yeah, he sang okay. on a track and I think he produced or helped produce yeah. the albums or something. Yeah, Mark had a show in Fuse at one point. Yeah, I never had Fuse, but I I did used to watch that um, one show. Uh, in the break room at my old job all the time. And then years later, I got to like talk to that guy, so it was kind of fun. Still jealous about that, by the way. But Oh, dude, have him on your show. You should ask him. He loves comic books. Oh, well, there you go. He's, uh, <laughs> we're Facebook friends. I don't think he listens to my show. Sorry, Steven. <laughs> dude, hey, dude, I tell you, Twitter is an incredible thing. I've gotten people I never thought I would talk to. I'm, um, are you guys, I mean, Jason, I don't, you guys, you don't really do guests on your show, but like, I'm not like, fame like i don't not like oh i gotta get a big name but it's always just like i just want to talk to people that are cool and 95 percent of the time that's really worked out good i'd be interested in doing a show where you tell me about the other five (laughs) percent yeah i'll tell you guys about that (laughs) offline Oh, man, I feel like we barely even touched on, like, a lot of the Blink stuff, so we may have to do this again, like, fairly soon, because... Yeah, we're all, like, I, are, are think... you, I, I tell you, I don't know if you had this, but podcasting's all mood, and when my sound equipment didn't work for a half hour before we did this, I was like, uh, and then it's Monday, fucking Monday. You know what, do you want to be perfect for your mood right now? The Boxer Racer album. <laughs> I'll try yeah. Do you totally do that? I know Adrian. You said online. You, I, I actually. I mean, sorry, Adrian. I know you didn't, weren't in love with them, but I've been. I've been really digging on the beach slang. I don't. You know what it is? I don't hate them. I'm sorry. I should probably like say that I don't dislike them, but yet I love your rage band. so much more though. Yeah, but yeah, it's just that I don't feel like the music is strong enough. You know what it is? It reminds me of. A little bit of, okay, let's say The Strokes and Vampire Weekend. You know, there were kind of like two bands that when they came out, like, people just loved them. Like, you heard their name all over. And it took a while for the music to match up the hype a little bit. Yeah. So, trust, again, I, I hate being that guy, but once the noise dies down a little bit, I, I think we're going to start liking them a little bit hey, more. Yeah, that's fair. Right now, I just, I for some reason, I can't listen to them objectively, because I feel like it's not nearly as... That's so... Yeah, because, um, I... JP, their drummer's on my show next week. Um, oh, shit, and he's going to hear this and be like, that son of a bitch. Hell, he won't man. give a shit. <laughs> um, you know, because the thing about them is I... Right, they're getting a ton of... It was kind of interesting to talk to someone in that place. Like, dude, you're getting a lot of press. He's like, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> I don't know how to react. figure, watch, five months from now, like they're going to be like my favorite band, and Chris is like, yeah, I've already moved on from that. Yeah, you know, I'm not like in love. <laughs> I just, I really like them. Um but only because I was listening to them and I couldn't figure out either how old they were. I was like, all right, these guys are either like 
18 or 19 who found all of the records from like the 90s or they're like 60 and it turned out they're like the singer is like he was in like a legend pretty good sized emo band called Weston which I kind of knew about wait he was in Weston yeah that's why it has that sound you're like oh damn what now see I'm sorry to derail the show again but wow okay why didn't no one tell me this now I feel like a total dick no because I, like I did the same thing I was like what something and then I listened to him on the washed up emo podcast and I was like oh oh you're not like you're not like inspired by this stuff you are this stuff and it's right now it makes it, sense so that's God, like that's damn. i've been but i mean i still like them but like you know like you said sometimes you have to let the press die out before you can find and i i've done that with a million fucking things i did a alkaline trio i couldn't listen to them for years and then i finally got around to it i was like i'm an idiot oh see there was a time when we probably wouldn't have hung out nearly as much because i'm like i breathed alkaline trio uh, like i swore i, I was I gonna still like die with now like, their lyrics has to... <laughs> yeah there was a time i didn't like their fan base and didn't listen to them but that that was probably before we would have ever even crossed paths oh that's probably a long time before that yeah this is like post high school stuff well see now i want to get into some 41 like you know basically it's like canada's answer to blink hey man yeah, that lip a... is a fucking awesome song they have an amazing, like, a weird history that's almost as, like, overly dramatic as Blink Oh, is. dude, and they were so good. Like, didn't they do, like, an Iron Maiden cover? Oh, yeah. Well, they were, yeah, they were. That's the thing. They, they, yeah, their guitar player was, they could, they, they were, would do, like, good these metal, they would do these metal riffs and songs almost, like, as a joke. But if they really wanted to be a metal band, like, they, they had the skill to do it, you know? Chuck was a close, was a, was a close, as close to as metal as they got. And that was another one of those albums that I loved because that was when, like, pop punk got dark and started kind of getting a little bit real. Yeah. Like, when they almost got killed during that, um, was it the Congo they were in? What? Oh, you never heard the story about Chuck? Like, it was named after, it was a UN soldier, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, they they were activists, and they were in the Congo protesting. I can't remember what it was. You'd probably be able to tell the story better than I can. No, go keep going. I don't remember the exact, uh, I barely remember <laughs> that they were with when they were over this there. This is... After maybe a year after Does This Look Infected, which wasn't nearly as popular as All Killer No Filler, but it's like they started to veer more towards like more socially conscious music a little bit because like there were songs on uh, Does This Look Infected that like talked about like some of the stuff that Canada had, like, you know, their high teenage suicide rates and stuff like that. So they always were a little bit more socially conscious than Blink. But, like, I think a year after that album, they were in the Congo protesting, and they, you know, brought their guitars, and they are just kind of hanging out. So, I, But I forget why they were there. But if you know anything about the Congo, it's a, it's a, it's a hot spot because there's constantly armed conflict. And next thing you know, like, they, they, was, they were in the middle of a firefight. And they had to hold out in this building, and it was this guy, Chuck, um, I guess I think he was a soldier for the UN, yep. who basically took them under and basically kept them saved while this firefight died down. And at this point, it kind of like scared the shit out of the band. And so they named the af- album after him, and it got just really dark and political, and like the riffs got like heavy and meaty. Like that was close to either being like a hardcore metal album. Yeah, yeah. Damn. I, you know, I do remember seeing something on MTV about that. I think they get remembered because their singer married Avril Lavigne, and that was like a thing. And then, and then he almost... Blink had, you know, you're right. They had that level of success. Then it's like, oh, they were really talented. I remember, does this look infected? And that song, In Too Deep. I remember like really liking that song. They were, they, no, they were a great band. Like they're, they were, they were, they were up there for sure. But I was listening to this is embarrassing, but I was listening to like some forty one and like new metal around that time in my life. Oh, so was I. So we all I think we all Head PE. Oh, trust me. <laughs> Do you guys remember Head PE? Um, head Oh, you and your head PE, like I you know, it's funny, you bring them up a lot and it's like that was not my thing. Like, head Planet Earth, weird. yeah, them, the first Limp Biscuit album. Um Corn. I said corn, yeah. Hey, I well, first off, look. I can go on another rant about corn if you want, but no, that's I still okay. love those guys. But um, <laughs> you know, yeah, but Dave um Brown Sound is back with some forty one. I think he recently rejoined him, and I think that's what they were missing for a couple of years. Oh yeah, is. that that was that was yeah. I mean, he was such a big part of them, right? So 
Yeah, and then, of course, poor Derek, like, he was in a hospital. Then he got jumped by, like, those dudes outside, like, a taco spot yeah. and was, like, beaten and, like, left for dead. Really? Man. Like, it was... Oh, he's... Yeah, like, some 41's been through some shit, man. Yeah, because he almost died of, like... I, th- I think he was... Was it alcohol poisoning or something? Like... Yeah, he was a huge alcoholic he, for a he, while. He, like, drank himself almost to death, and then he recovers from that, and then, yeah, gets beaten to death. Almost. Yeah, because wasn't Underclass Hero, wasn't that basically about his addiction? Yeah, yeah. Damn. You know what's funny? Like, when I was younger, I was such a music snob shit talker, and now I, like, openly go out of my way not to talk negatively. It's like, well, you know, I just don't like it. And, like, I try not to be like that anymore, but it's hard. Sometimes you want to just talk shit on music, but... Oh, I, I'm all about talking shit on music only because it's one of those art forms that kind of like movies where you're very highly opinionated and whether that opinion's positive or negative, you just have a lot to say about it. Yeah, even if you're right or wrong. <laughs> Right. Like, at the end of the day, it's just, like, you could sit here and tell me Adele's uh, a flaming piece of garbage, but I'm like, well, she's still making more money than you. <laughs> I actually really like Adele, throwing it out there. Oh, so do I. Are you kidding me? I mean, after Skyfall, like, I, I fell in love with her, so. I, I, I know. She's coming to the she's coming to the States, and I was like, I don't know if I can afford that ticket. I know. I saw I, I saw the release, too, and they were coming to Van- she's coming to Vancouver, and I thought the exact same thing. I was like, oh, that, that might be a good show. Oh, I probably can't afford that show. Yeah, she. I think oh. she's playing like four <laughs> nights at Madison Square, Madison Square Garden. You know what's but, fun? And that's what's great about her. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know what's fun to do? Um, at Thanksgiving, I like to bring up to my wife's in my in laws and her aunt and uncle, the very North Jersey Italian people. I like to start bringing up the fact that Billy Joel hasn't written a song in like 30 years, and how he's him and Jimmy Buffett are the only musicians who can get away with it, and kind of shit talk him a little and watch him get all worked up over it it's so fun chris chris i'm gonna just say this right now um i my girlfriend lives in long island i'm currently in long island as I. oh my god is billy joel gonna drive through your house again i made the mistake we were at a bar um, listen i love dinner and we there was um there was a hockey game on which they immediately turned off to put on a billy joel concert at Nassau, I think what it was, or Madison Square Garden, because he's doing that residency there. And I made a comment about not really liking him. That whole restaurant shut down, and I almost got kicked out. Oh my out, god, so. dude! Shoot. <laughs> I mean, I like him, but like, there's—it's just funny. Like, if you bring up like he hasn't written a song, he doesn't need to write new music. I'm like, well, all right. I mean, listen, I've seen him twice, and it's a fucking good time because you're not going to go there and hear him see, play. You're going to see him. You're going to see him play the songs you want to hear. But then that's why, it's, for me, it's like Bruce is my guy, because that guy just keeps going and making new music and pushing boundaries. Yeah, but you know what, though? I got to give it up for Canada. Like, all of, like, my music, whether it be, like, indie, like, or punk or otherwise, I realized I, I want to be Canadian. Jay, te- teach me how to be Canadian. It's very easy. It's very easy. You just got to know a couple phrases, and uh, you're good to go. Tim and you, Martin, need to learn, you need to learn. You need to learn what a toonie is. And, What's uh, that? It's currency, right? A toonie is a two-dollar coin. Ooh. Is it weird for you to come out on a podcast in America and we don't shit on your country and we're just kind of like, wow, your your place is cool? No, I think that that speaks to just who you guys are as we, people. We could try. You know, I think I think I used to have that. I used to have a stereotype of Americans because yeah, the ones that I would see. It's like anything. It's like if you're looking at a stereotype of Canada, you're getting the stereotype from an SNL skit or yeah. whatever. And then if I'm seeing Americans shit on Canada, I'm also seeing maybe, you know, just a different a different breed of people that doesn't represent the whole population, right? So right. You know who I think does a good uh skit about Canada? Uh do you ever watch Kroll show? No. Oh, they do a whole like spin on a joke parody of uh, Strick Rossi, and it's like it's not even making fun of Canada, but it just it just points out every little difference, and it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> it's yeah, but how could I hate the country that gave us Russian and Japan droids? Japan that's a tough droids, one. and that's a great band. And it was kind of cool Chris. Right I, I saw them. I saw them like in like tiny tiny bars around town, and then I was at Coachella one year, and they were playing Coachella, and I was like, fucking right. Oh, they, their live shows are incredible. So good. Like, I can't, like, it was probably, I almost got kicked out because they played in New York, and I don't know, Jay, if you ever been to New York and Chris, you've probably seen a few shows in, like, Manhattan, but the crowds are definitely not, like, Jersey crowds, where it's, like, they, as much as they love bands, like, they're so very passive, but, like, there's a couple of songs where, like, I was just, just 
jump around like a friggin' idiot. And it's like, why are you guys not into this? It's Japan droids. Yeah. Yeah, the New York way, right? Because it's everyone in the New York show is not from New York. It's all like bridge and tunnel people, and like, and then like people who live in New York who are from somewhere else. And we all just kind of stand there awkwardly. Oh, I'm listening to music now. Oh god, Canada's music scene is fantastic. Yeah, Toronto's got so many an good bands coming there. Yeah, Toronto's got a crazy. I still love Silverstein. Throwing it out there. Wait, they're Canadian? Yeah. yeah. How the. F- fuck did i not know that you know what's cool about canada um that even like drake and stuff like their government gives artists like a stipend or a money so even drake still gets like some money because it's like you're you're putting out canada's good name towards art so they get like a grant for any of their artists well tell you what uh depending on what goes down in november of uh 2016 i may have to go for dual citizenship because oh yeah <laughs> Jay, we may be neighbors at this point. Like, I'll be at that bus stop with you. There we go. Doing Adrian has issues at the bus stop. There do, you, you go. Do you, have you ever gotten to see any of the Arrow or Flash casts around town in Vancouver? I haven't seen them. No, I mean, I, I mean, you drive around Vancouver. I mean, Vancouver is Hollywood North, so I mean, you always see kind of movie sets uh, and, and stuff and filming going on. But I, I've never been lucky enough to like actually see a scene where like the stars are out. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. they film, they film stuff in Providence and like. I mean, one time I drove by Woody Allen, and I was just pissed because traffic. And but usually, yeah, because they're filming stuff. It's not like they just let anyone walking in. It's usually pretty blocked off. And it's kind of actually annoying at first. It's really cool, and then it happens enough where you get annoyed by it. Exactly. Exactly. Like, Come on, man. Because wasn't X Files was filmed out in Vancouver? If I'm not exactly. Mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. There's still people that hang. I know a girl who uh, she was dating a guy like in his 40s. Uh, met him online or whatever, and like his. The thing he's still hanging on to, and his claim to fame is that he was David Duchovny's body double in uh, in the original X Files. So that's still how he kind of pimps himself. Actually, up. if you happen to know him, he would be a great guest on our show. Throwing it out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you kidding me, Chris? Like, I feel like you would fan the hell out. Actually, I never watched X Files. <gasps> oh, sorry. Um, I don't like I don't like anything scary. <laughs> I don't know if you look through well, my guests, you're like, wow, some of these people are kind of eclectic. And then there's like really weird gaps. I'm like, why don't you do any of this pop culture stuff? <laughs> I, I, I would imagine someone. But that's okay. But you know what, though? You're one of those guys, though, that's like, it doesn't matter. Like, you are, and that's why I think you're genuine. You're not like one of those people who pretends that they've seen it. It's like, look, I'll tell you flat out, I have not seen a season of this show, and that's perfectly cool. Like, I know you had all this, um, you mentioned The Wire once in your podcast and how it, like, won you black points, and I'm like, no, maybe not necessarily black points, but it is a great show nonetheless. Wait, what about The Wire? I kind of half heard that, sorry. Um, you had mentioned on one of your recent shows about, uh, like, you finally started watching The Wire, like, and it won you points, and I'm like, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite show of all time. Not in Canada, unfortunately. Do you guys have The Wire in Canada? Uh, like, well, we do now, right, because it's... HBO Go. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's my favorite show ever made, possibly. No, Degrassi is Canada's wire. Let's just get that yeah. I, who's get that so great. is Drake the Omar of? Uh... <laughs> no, because well, actually, that's not well. Both got shot, um, rather surprisingly. So I guess that's about right. So you guys probably wouldn't even know the original original Degrassi. I like... never even seen Degrassi. I'm sorry. Oh, guys. Degrassi Junior High. Degrassi Junior High from the like 80s. And yep, I did watch that in PBS. So Degrassi is the Canadian Doctor Who. No? No. Shows I don't watch here, people. I'm trying. So Degrassi, they used to – that's how we got taught, like, all the big life lessons in school. So, like, the guidance counselor would, like, interrupt class, and they would just wheel in a TV, and they would just press play, and it would be, like, an episode of Degrassi. Like, today's episode, like, dude gets AIDS, and that's how we learned about AIDS. Or it's, like, somebody gets – Or somebody gets drunk and drives and kills someone. That's how we learned all the heavy lessons was through Degrassi. So it's like a Boy Meets World? Well, it would be a heavy Boy Meets World, but – Yeah, they were very unflinching because when it came to, like, teen pregnancy or trans – you know, STDs and stuff like that, it was very – very in a way, America would never put a show out like that. At least not at the time, because they were very unflinching. I mean, it, it wasn't extreme. Like you're not actually seeing, you know, genitalia with like you. Know. No, but the content. <laughs> but the content. You're right. You would not see on mainstream American television. I mean, I remember watching the school shooting episode of The Next Generation oh, and like yeah. covering my eyes because I'm like that. I was not ready for that. 
Yeah. Where that kid Rick, when he um, when he shot Drake and like he you know killed like a whole bunch of like I think he ended up killing himself and it was like wow you'll never see this on like 90210. No, and even the original Degrassi, there were two. There was a guy that like committed suicide or something, and then like he left like a guilt trip note to one of the girls or something, and it was just so heavy. And it was cool how they had like a lot of the cast members from junior high on like let's say the next generation like, and they were like faculty. Yep. Yeah, no, that's, that's which was cool. That's that's like ingrained in Canadian culture, man. Like Degrassi is everybody. Everybody knows Degrassi. I love our Blink One Eight Two talk. You're already you're already like a quarter Canadian. Ah, well, I just unfortunately, if it was on television, chances are I watched it. But also, there were a lot of there was a time where like late night on like CBS or some network television, like there'd be all like these weird like crime shows that turns out they were from Canada that I can never remember. But I don't know, TV wise, you guys are dope. That's awesome. Um, well, thank you guys for doing this. I actually have to start getting ready for bed. Um, I have to wake up early, like a sap. Um, where can people find you guys online? Uh, uh Jason, go first. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can, uh, you can, you, you know, you can find me on Twitter at busstopcast, um, www.busstop.com, busstoppodcast.com. And, uh, yeah, from there, you'll find everything else that you need to know to hook up with me. And Adrian? Um, AdrianHasIssues.com is the, the main website where all my episodes are. And I'm on Twitter at AdrianHasIssues. And I think those are the best cases. Oh, and Instagram is different, though. That's AdrianHasIssuesPod. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this. Um, 